Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash IMTV and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash IMTV. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to a new episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Yep, I'm here. So, uh, did you happen to catch the Super Bowl this past weekend? So, like, <laughs> obviously the, the the Chiefs beat the 49ers. Woo! Um, one controversy that came up after it was that people are shocked and clutching their pearls. And, oh my God, think of the children about the halftime game because this is a family event, the Super Bowl. These men slamming into each other in a, an attempt to, you know, get across a, a ball is yeah. a family event. Yeah, you know, brought for... to you by beer mm-hmm. and other beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so people were upset because oh, did you see Shakira and JLo? Uh, did you see how they were dressed? And they were shaking their behinds. And did you see JLo? She was pole dancing. And it's like, yeah, like it's isn't this awesome that these these women who are like older, like they still look amazing and they're performing a halftime show. Um, and not only that, but they're showing representation that like we normally don't get. Oh, but this is ridiculous because did you see how naked they were? Not yeah, very? I mean not very. <laughs> <laughs> but like more people are like getting upset because like oh well oh like this is ridiculous. Like how can you let this on TV when it's like. What was it last year's Super Bowl where Adam Levine was like shirt like top almost naked himself? People back then were like, "Oh, look at him! Oh, look how sexy he is!" It's like you you see what you're doing here, right? Like you're tearing down these women because you you have some weird sense of like oh, women can't do that. Oh, if a man does that, that's fine. But like all oh, these women should have more like grace and like. And like blah blah blah. It's like, but no, like that's what they want to do. Like that's their performance. Also, did you see that um, D. D Snyder from you know the the famous uh, hit, like band Twisted Sister that everyone knows. Everyone knows who that is, right? He said that yeah, they should be ashamed of themselves. Like this, it should go back to like the way it was where you know we had actual rock singers yeah, like where for you, the, the where you dress up in women's clothes. Yeah. And- you 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 make your bulge big yeah. so you know everyone can see and you yeah. talk about wait you know. what you know what's even funnier about that is like he was pivotal in like the eighties nineties with mm-hmm. the whole like explicit content and all this stuff yeah. right and it's like how could you be that voice one day and be the old grumpy voice on that one? like I never want to be that. Look, I mean, look what happened to Martin Scorsese. That's true. He was a revolutionary, and then now he's like, well, if it's a superhero movie, it's not cinema. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. I just find it, like, ridiculous because it's like, this is who they are. 
Like you knew yeah. what you were getting prior Her, to this. Shakira's biggest hit is My Hips Don't Lie. Yeah. Which in the video, she is cautiously shaking her ass. Yeah, exactly. I honestly felt like this this was actually a reach because the majority of people seem to not just care. They're like, oh, that was a pretty good performance yeah. this year. Oh, that was good. Like even I, I loved it. Yeah, I even it was me, pretty good. Yeah, I was like, I, I was fine. Like, yeah. I like she I like Shakira a little bit more. Um, but they both yeah. look good. It, oh yeah. It, to me, it wasn't even that sexy. Like, like no. it was just kind of like oh, that's nice. Um, but then it was honestly, it was like later on the next day where people were like, I guess some people are upset, and then it just snowballed into like, no, this is definitely an outrage, and it's like, is it though? Exactly. Like it, it's like stupid. especially because we were there with the whole Janet Jackson thing. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah. That was like. When it happened, everyone's like, did that just happen? Yeah. <laughs> but this was more of like a slow burn. Or it's it's more of like them trying to kindle a fire. Yeah. Like it's they're like, trying to start a fire. Where yeah, yeah no they're fire. just like, see? You see how crazy this is getting out of hand? It's like, I could see it almost getting started. I love how we've gotten to the point where we can stop like controversy now. Where it's like, oh, it's just old white people getting mad because... Things are different from what they want it to be. Yeah. It's honestly how I felt because usually when stuff like this does happen, right, where where people are actually trying to rally towards it, you can feel a little bit more. Even with, I would say, people like us who are very much aware of things but yeah. are far from removed. Like, I don't go and post on Twitter 20 times a day or, mm. you know... I'm not on Instagram every single minute taking pictures or anything like that, right? Like, we can easily miss some of this stuff, but we're still very caught up in, like, what's going on. So I still know when these things happen, for the most part. And when this did start coming um, through, it was more of like, yeah, I don't think it is a problem. And then sure enough, like, most people were just writing it off like, I guess people have a problem with this. So apparently some people are upset. And it's like, yeah, exactly, because no one's really feeling the 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 heat from, you know, oh, this is see how bad this is. It's more of like, yeah, I think you guys are rallying yourselves up for this one. Yeah. It's dumb. It, it was whatever. Like whatever. People are just gonna those people are always gonna be upset about something. And like we said, as we get older. We hope they die away and yeah. we start to be the change. Yeah, and then we can get upset. <laughs> uh, which I really, I really hope we don't. Like, I know. I know I do get upset about some things. I'm like, that's fucking stupid. Well, it's going to be funny when we're old because our, our upset is going to be, well, they should include more people. I can't believe that they're like not including more women in this. I'm so outraged right now. It's like, okay, grandpa. <laughs> This is the fucking news. So over the weekend, we also had um, the BAFTAs. And I don't want to get into any of the like minutiae of the BAFTAs because we all know what won. Uh, white bread, mayonnaise, toasted white bread. Lightly toasted. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Sam Mendes, by the way. <laughs> but one one thing that I think... That came out of it that I was like, well, I wasn't surprised by the person who did it. I was surprised that they actually did it. 
because I was like, because of the f- the film that they they're from, Joaquin Phoenix basically attacked the whole BAFTAs and was talking about how systematic racism has led us to this point where literally look at all the awards. These the award shows these seasons have literally been how white can we make this? Like if is there a shade whiter than white? Pale? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Was Donald Gleason in anything? <laughs> can we nominate him? <laughs> Um, yeah, so during his, um, during his speech, he talked, he, he said that he felt conflicted with his victory because so many, because he won for the Joker, because so many of his fellow actors who are deserving don't have the same privilege. Um, he, we send a very clear message to people of color that you're not welcome here, which is a hundred percent true because that's. Literally, the the hashtag that started was BAFTA so white because literally this is what like the umpteenth time that they've nominated oh just white people and I get it because BAFTA is a a British right so and they're they're all mainly white there. Uh, he also said that I don't think anybody wants a handout or prefer, preferential treatment. People just want to be acknowledged and appreciated and respected for their work. I'm ashamed to say that I'm part of the problem because I'm not ensured that the sets that I worked on are inclusive. He also added, we have to, we have to do the hard work to truly understand systematic racism. It is the obligation of the people who have created and benefited from the system of oppression to be, to be the ones to dismantle it. So that's on us. I think it like cut to like the yeah, crowd and it was, was like uncomfortably say. silent. It's like they cut to a white white guy and you could tell he's just like, shut the fuck up. And <laughs> goes another one like, I can't believe he's calling us out. Then he goes to another one and just like, oh, why do people make such a big deal? Then it cuts to the last like black guy and he's just like, finally someone said it. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so early in the evening, um, Graham Norton, well, there was two hosts. It was Graham Norton and um, Rebel Wilson's were worse, like calling them out. You know, Norton he called 2019 the year when my, when <laughs> the year when white men finally broke through, and referred to Phoenix's film Joker, which led the pack with 11 nominations as the story of a white man who makes himself even whiter. <laughs> and then to top it all off, in his closing remarks, um, Prince William who's the president of the BAFTA. I didn't even know that. Um, He alluded to the controversy. He said, we find ourselves talking again about the need to do more to ensure diversity in the sector and the awards process. That simply cannot be right in this day and age. Uh, You're the president, so why don't you do something about it? You know what I mean? Like, instead of just, like, flapping your gums, why don't you say, like, hey, guys, maybe we should be more inclusive. It's just it's I, I I like that he actually like he use because he obviously he's like the front runner right for this award and yes maybe he's not necessarily the the one that I'd I'd want to win this award but I'm glad that like and I knew it would be Walking Phoenix right like he's he's his family as a whole like literally like that his brother's name is. River and I think what's his sister's name like Autumn or something and like because his, his his whole family's like all like hippies and yeah, stuff. They're in that what children of God? Yeah, something like that. The, yeah, they're all like hippy dippy and and weird like sex cult, but whatever. <laughs> um, but like I'm just glad that like see like 
he sees the problem and he's not just like, oh, thanks. Like, thanks for giving me this award because I wore false teeth. Um, you guys, um, thanks and leaves. Uh, I deserve this. It was really hard to keep those teeth in my mouth. He's actually like, this is a problem. Like, I shouldn't be winning for the character that I played. I shouldn't be winning <laughs> best actor. Like, you. Well, I think it. Like, no, the, I, I know, but I no, but I think like his statement was like, I'm happy to be winning, but I should be uh, up against more than just. White guy, white guy, white, white guy. <laughs> yeah. Because then no one else has a chance, which we, that's what we talk about and we are going to talk about oh my God. after next week. But yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that he did it because we know where he's come from. Like, that was one thing that uh, I always thought <laughs> was so like cool about him was how easily he can fuck with people mm-hmm. and he's just like yeah that's cool that's whatever yeah like to the point where he doesn't tell anyone else he's just like oh, i'm just this is who i am i'm a weirdo but without doing it in a pretentious way yeah and i love that too because it's like because the the more elitist hollywood like the people like that the, we... like the george clooney's of the world they almost paint this picture that well they do so much mm. that they're such an ally we we should be thankful that yeah. they're, they're there because they have a voice. But that's just, <laughs> that's like a di- different side of the same yeah. coin. But, but people like Kim, you know, people that were, we kind of wish that are changing this uh, landscape of film and, and art and entertainment. Like, they're the ones who are like, no, nah, yeah, I, I can say, like, you guys, you guys are doing bad. This is yeah. fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like it they're not trying yeah. to sugarcoat it. No, which I love. I'm like, good. It's like someone I'm glad that it's someone that like they can see and they'd be like, oh, wait, are are we the bad guys? <laughs> but I mean, really, it's it's cool for the fact that he put it out there in such a vulgar way. Yeah. Right? It, like you said, it wasn't it wasn't some sugar-coated, like, hey, guys, you know, uh, we've been, uh, th- these people have been struggling. And, you know, we need to help these people. He was like, no, nah, I'm a part of the problem, too, because like, yeah. I'm just yeah, another clog in the machine. It could have been just like that, where it's a generic, like, we need to help these people. Like, we need to, these people need, like, yeah, like, you're kind of othering like people of color and women and anyone else who's marginalized, you know, for anything. And instead he's like, yeah, no, like I recognize the problem. I'm the problem. Like the problem is I'm standing up here winning against people who are just me. Like you've, you literally cookie cuttered this category to be the same person. It didn't matter who won. Yeah. And I mean, we'll get into this. Yeah. Like we've yeah, been yeah, saying. Yeah. But- yeah. 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 It is, it is yeah, a good yeah, precursor yeah. To, to be like, cool. I hope he says something at the Academy Me too. To. All right. So Friday the 13th, it's heading back to court. So I, I don't know if everyone out there knows the weird controversy behind the who owns the rights to Friday the 13th. So basically, back in late 70s, uh, Sean Cunningham... He came up with the film's title, and he hired uh, Victor Miller to write a script. 
basically like, I'm going to make a movie called Friday the 13th. Write me a script. And so he did, right? So then originally court said, yeah, Victor Miller, he, he has the rights to the script because he wrote it. You just came up with the title. But Sean Cunningham is like, yeah, but I was like the producer and like I, you know, I helped make this franchise and it's so I should own the rights. And it gets into that weird thing of like, yeah, I guess like who who does technically own the rights to it? And that's what I guess they've been fighting over since what? What Freddy versus Jason was when? Like 2002, 2000, early 2000s. And it's been, it's now what, 2020? Oh my God, how old are we? Anyways, um, and then there's the whole contention too about like, like the the studios and, and because they're like, the, the, the name Friday the 13th is owned by one of them and, the, uh, and like that's why they couldn't use Friday the 13th for, um, is it Jason Takes Manhattan, I think? Starting there, because that's why it's obviously Jason Tickman. And then um, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. And then it's Jason X, because after that point, it's yeah. like they couldn't use Friday the 13th. But what what do you think I, should get it? We talked kind of about I think we talked about this a while ago, prior, right? But it, it all, I think it really depends. I mean, imagine if... Imagine if you wrote a story, right? And you had this concept of whatever it is, right? And <clears throat> no matter what, you couldn't get it made. You didn't get it published. Nothing, right? Nothing, nothing, nothing. But then um, Whiskers comes along and he says, hey, I'll I'll front the money. I'll get this going, whatever, right? He starts to put his money and power and everything to get your script going Maybe even has a little bit of, of, of like input of like, oh, we should do this or that, right? Mm. Then this thing explodes, right? And yeah. it becomes something bigger and bigger. And he's helping it grow bigger and bigger. At one point, then, does does it really matter? Like, you could say, like, yeah, you, you own the character, sure. But then he could say, like, no, well, you own that character, but I own the character that's on screen. Yeah, and then and then you also have to think about like when Victor Miller wrote it, Jason was just a kid, and the the original killer was the mom, right? So it's like, so is it some weird technicality where, okay, you own that story, but they actually own the character that is Jason, the hockey wearing uh hockey mask wearing character because that's when so that's what it said like the the possibility is there's an outcome where the films could move forward with the friday uh friday the 13th title but utilize but they couldn't utilize like jason in the mask like it could be a, a completely it could be called friday the 13th and it has nothing to do with it uh, like the ha- halloween three yes <laughs> or the opposite where it's a it's another jason movie they just don't ever use the friday the 13th title which We've seen it technically works. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, especially, I guess, with this, it's like, I want to care because it is iconic. And, yeah. You know, like, we well, like gonna, those movies. And it's going to judge whether or not we're going to be able to see a new film. Yeah. But that, and that's where I'm at. It's like, but going forward, it's like, do I really want this again? Uh, but Because like, we talked about nah, if, true, if, if this was just laid to rest for a while. Uh-huh. And we can go and live our old <coughs> lives 
And then our grandkids are like, oh, you guys hear about this Friday the 13th movie? It looks crazy. And it's like, the fuck? They're making that? <laughs> like, I think it would hit a lot better <coughs> once you let, like, a whole generation or two just remove itself yeah. from this whole thing, right? Mm. Where the kids that know about it are the ones that are like, oh, you mean those, like, shitty B-movies? <laughs> no! What? what? They're classics. Oh, come on. Um, but... Then again, it's also something, it, it, it's all about like intellectual rights, right? Like if I wrote a story and it blew up to this whole thing, right? And I was like, oh yeah, like I'm the guy who made that. And then some producer guy comes and is like, yeah, but technically that's like my, like I'm the one who really made it. Then it's like, fuck, because I could look on both sides. Yeah. I could say like, yeah, but the writer should get all the credit. But then again, it's like, yeah, but the producer guy is the one who really push this to make it like Jason Friday the 13th. Like, you know, I like think, we know, I think it's one of those weird things where it came out of time where they were both like independent and guerrilla style filmmakers who they didn't have money to their name. They kind of came into this weird con- contractual thing where it's like, qui bono, you, you scratch my back. I scratch yours. Um, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I I see where you're coming from, where it's like you want to care, but you also kind of don't care. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting still because it's like it's this weird idea of like, yeah, like when you do these things when you're younger and you're like, yeah, come on. It's for everybody. Like we can all make money off of this, right? And then years later you're like, but see, I was the one who got everyone together and I – Bought everyone dinner, so technically I own the rights to this mega franchise. And the other guy's like, yeah, but I sat and wrote the first script. But who's to say who actually owns I mean, I, the, <laughs> I guess, like, the closest thing that we could really tie this into is, like, YouTube. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who have built an entire career on YouTube and then we recently seen it probably in the last couple of years, more so than ever, where these people will sell to a company or be brought into a company. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, um, this isn't what I wanted to do. And it's like, oh, you mean you wanted to do the videos you want to do whenever you want? All of a sudden having a corporation tell you, no, you can't do that. Oh, it's almost like no fucking duh. <laughs> but I mean, then all of a sudden – this person starts their own channel. These people even do this. Yeah. Uh, oh, this person now does this with this guy and all this stuff, right? And it's all because people had a vision of what they wanted to do. Then they sell it to try to do it, but then it becomes a thing that they don't like. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, it's not like apples to apples, but there are some people who physically can't do the things that they used to be able to do in the same manner because they're like, well, technically that company owns it. And then you're like, oh, that sucks, but that's you. Like, you you came up with this. Like, that's that's your whole thing. But now the company has it because ugh, they sold it. And it's like, exactly, right? Like, who's, who's at fault? Like, you literally went to do this knowing what could happen. Yeah. And then it happened, and then you're like, oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... Like, I want to feel bad for the writers, right? Yeah. Because 
it's like, yeah, you came up with this idea. None of this would even be possible if I, you if you came up with the the simplest idea. But then again, like <laughs> vice versa. I think we get, we understand that too because like dealing with like independent film, like you kind of feel that way too when like we we're either like the writer or producer and we bring someone in to direct and obviously like directors get a lot of credit right for films and so like you kind of feel like but it's like yeah but see why don't the why, like why don't the writers get the credit it's like yeah but see the direct did you see how well he directed this yeah. it's like you kind of you kind of we kind of feel that push and pull but i mean let's just see where it goes yeah i guess we'll probably have a better feeling about this once we learn it goes one way or the other. I mean, obviously, we'll we'll also see like how because like we've seen this happen before with like other like like ch- like the Child's Play series, like the whole kerfuffle that that is. Where uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the guy that owns Chucky. it? No, the guy the the guy who owns it. Um, can't I don't Charles know. Lee Ray? No, goddamn it. <laughs> Anyways, he he has the rights to like good guy dolls. Yeah, all that. No, not Good Guy Dolls. To, like, Chucky, but that version of Chucky, not any other version of Chucky. So, I don't know. That's yeah. weird. Whatever. Well, I mean, let them figure it out in court. Then we can have a stronger feeling towards it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> 나도 봐. 공짜로 집안에 소독도 하고. 부모님 얼굴도 뵙고 좋더라. 건강들 하시고. 일거리가 없으셔도. 네가 내 대신 얘 과외 선생님 좀 해줘라. 영어. 대학생인 척하라는 거야? 구라를 좀 치지 뭐. 넌이 좋은 실력으로 왜 미대는 맨날 떨어지냐. 아이씨 죽을래. 저는 이게 위조나 범죄라고 생각하지 않아요. 이적절하다이자들이원래참잘소가사모님이뭐랄까풀타임으로소어떻게하시는지이제이렇게이렇게이렇게이렇게이렇게이렇게이렇게이렇게이렇게이렇게이렇게이렇게이렇게이렇게이
Parasite is a 2019 South Korean black comedy thriller film directed by Bong Joon-ho. The Kim family, father Ki Teek, mother Chung Suk, daughter Ki Jong, and son Ki Woo live in a small semi-basement apartment, have low-paying temporary jobs, and struggle to make ends meet. One day, the family are visited by Min Hyuk, a close friend of Ki Woo's, and is preparing to study abroad gives the family a scholar's rock meant to promise wealth to the family. While out with Ki-woo, Min-hook suggests to his friend posing as a university student to take over his job tutoring the wealthy Park family's teenage daughter, Da-hai. The family of four soon begin to infiltrate the home of the Parks by posing as unrelated but sophisticated and skilled workers to the family. When the Parks leave home to go on a camping trip for Da-sung's birthday, the Kim family revel in the luxuries of the mansion. While the parks are out, the former housekeeper, Moon Gwang, comes back to the mansion to check on her husband, Jun Se, who has been living in the basement bunker for years to hide from loan sharks. Chaos ensues as Moon Gwang finds out the truth about the Kim family and threatens to tell the parks if they don't in turn keep her secret. Due to bad weather, the parks come home, leaving the Kim family to clean up any traces of living in their home while a physical brawl breaks out between Moon Gwang, Junsei, and the Kims. The Kims barely manage to escape without being caught while Moon Gwang and her husband are tied up in the basement, close to death. In a few days, Mrs. Park decides to host a lavish party for Da Sung's birthday and invites the Kim family. Junsei escapes the basement to get revenge on Moon Gwang's death, and another physical fight breaks out, this time with casualties. Junsei bashes Ki Woo in the head with the wellstone and kills Ki Jong. He is stopped by Ki Tae, but Ki Tae stabs Mr. Park. Weeks after, we learn that Ki Woo has survived the attack and wakes up from his coma. He and Chung Suk are put on probation for fraud, but Ki Tae has gone missing. Ki Woo continues to visit the park's home, which has now been sold, and sees a message in Morse code from the flickering lights. It is from Ki Tae, who is now living in the bunker. Ki Woo writes a letter to his father, hoping that he will earn enough money to purchase the home, free his father, and reunite as a family together. Parasite. A hilarious look at the life of poor people mm-hmm. and how rich people can help you. <laughs> That's right, true. that's what yeah. that's what this movie's about. So dumb. Mm-hmm. This is a movie. Yeah, a well liked movie. Yes, movie making its rounds. Mm-hmm. A movie that we'll talk about next week. Uh huh. Because of the Oscars. Exactly. So tell me what you thought about it. <clears throat> well, I had heard that this movie was amazing. And it had ninety nine, like ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, that it was the best movie of the year. And I was like, I get skeptical when with certain movies like that, you know. Even from seeing like a trailer, sometimes I'm like, oh, it looks good, but like, could it be best of the year? <laughs> but then I went and saw this film, and I was, I was moved by how amazing this movie is. It is shot so well it's acted uh, like the the cast is amazing the the story itself is like obviously like that's something that we don't get here in america because american films as i've 
criticized before are very cooker cookie cutter. And I, I think like just everything about this movie is done so well. Like it's shot so well. It's just everything. Like I didn't think my mom would like this because she doesn't like reading. She hates when people have accents or speaking other language. It's not Spanish because if it's Spanish, she can just watch it without having to read. Even like even watching um, like British films, sometimes she's like gets upset because she's like I can't understand them. Um, but even she she went and watched this and she she liked it a lot. Um, this is the one that I think me and my my family are like hoping wins. I, I honestly like it would be amazing if this wins. Like it would be an upsetter too because it'd be like all show all those people like yeah like what we've had foreign films win before. But I think this movie really, because it's, it's put together so well. Just the way he sets up the movie from beginning to end, it shows you like this real feeling of like a family that's like poor, but like they're not like, they're poor, but like, I think if it was set here in America and if it was America, it would be like, oh, we're, we're so poor. We have to be, why can't we be rich? Like these rich people, like why can't we live like these people? But, like, they just kind of want to live their life. Like, they don't – they would like to have money, but the way that they they, they do it is, like, they just kind of sit around eating, like, junk food. Like, they don't really care. And I love how, like, he sets up with, like, the the like the little boy, how, like, he, he sees, like – he says he, like, saw a ghost and, and that he had, like, a seizure from it, but it was actually, like, the guy in the basement. Cause like the the trailer for it too makes you think it's like a there's like some kind of mystery beyond like and it's like I don't think it fits into one of those genres because it's not really a thriller kind of but it's more of a comedy though than anything because it's more like a comedy of errors where they're like wait you guys were parasites just like us ha 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 kick her down the stairs and she smacks her head against the wall and dies. Ha 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 Funny. Ha But yeah, it's, it's directed um, so well. And the, the cinematography is amazing. The story too. I, I just love how it, like the way it ends too, where he's, he's writing the letter. And I think what you're supposed to take away from that is this is a possible ending where it's not necessarily like how it ends because it does cut back to him still writing the letter and he sends it to his dad and the dad reading it. But we did, we do get like a flash forward to where like he buys the house and the dad's there and they get to hug. But that's, I feel like that's more of like a, this could have been what happened. You're right. I I thought this was going to be some like horror sci-fi fantasy shit, but it's not. But this plays more towards like, his film mother and the way that it's suspenseful without being suspenseful. Yes. Yeah. Um, and even though I was kind of waiting for the sci-fi elements, especially with the rock, I was like, that has to do something. Yeah. And maybe, and you could maybe say that they, that is part of it, right? Yeah. Because as soon as they got the rock, that's when all the stuff started happening. But I mean, really it is just about a family who's trying to come up. And they just like things get too far. And but the cool thing is, is he always has like these themes and these elements he wants to play with. And this kind of falls in line with a lot of his movies one way or another. 
but the thing that he did with this was he made this an ensemble cast. Yeah. And everyone played so well into everyone Perf- else. Per- perfect. Honestly, like I, I just like you, you fall in love with the characters because they're there's they they feel so real. Like they feel like they are the those people. I love like the sister is hilarious. I love when she like he's getting ready to introduce her in, into the the family. He's, she's all wait wait, and then she does like the little the like rhyme. the rhyme to remember how <laughs> who she is, and she's like okay yeah okay go, <laughs> and then even like the mom she's more of like a slob, but she has to be like the like the housekeeper, <laughs> and then even the dad where like, and I love the fact that like, the thing he takes away is that like. They're like, like they they have the smell about them, right? And so I was reading poor people. Yeah, smell. you know how you know how poor people smell. Yeah, yeah. But one thing that um, someone pointed out was like at the beginning, the dad is like, oh, stink! Like he he finds the stink bug and he's like, oh, look at the stink bug, and he like throws it out or whatever. And it's like then he becomes the stink bug to the rich people. Like, yeah. oh, he's not like even at the end when it's like the guy stabbed his daughter, like he won't even help her because, oh, she's like poor or he won't help like any of them because they're, oh, I can't touch them. They're dirty people. And that's what like finally like makes him snap. And he's like, rich people are horrible. Yeah. Um, the cool thing though, is that he likes working with similar casts and people, you know, but it's, it's so cool that he has a certain element that he gets with certain actors and whatnot like for instance i found out that a lot of this movie he knew exactly what he wanted to do with it Mm -hmm. so there was a apparently there was a lot of times where he was like let me show you (laughs) (laughs) so he would go through and act this stuff out and be like something like that well and (laughs) and it's funny too because i think it was i'm pretty sure it's mother where yeah there's a dancing scene in the in the beginning it's kind of weird but, but it's like it's one of those things where it's like is this korean or is this just him <laughs> but literally the the girl just dances in the middle of the field and like i just remember he he was saying that she felt awkward doing it so he was like i'll dance with you so the whole time she's dancing he's behind the camera dancing with her really yeah that's and cool. that's just the kind of director he is and even with this movie, it's crazy because he went on to say, like, oh, yeah, everyone has a story, like, a background story to them. And it's like, oh, okay. But, like, I know what you're thinking. Like, yeah, of course. Cause, but he's talking about, no, the the neighbor yeah. that we never see in this little well, section has a whole backstory. And that, and that one has a whole backstory. That's funny because other news about this movie was that it was going to come to HBO as a TV series. And the reason why is um, he has this whole he has stories for these characters that he said didn't even make it in the film. He's like, do you wonder why like the housekeeper came and like she like had like a black eye or like she's like beat up? It's like that's something I noticed in the movie that I was like, oh, I thought it had to do with the um, the peach, no. the peaches. I thought it was the loan sharks. Well, see that see that he said like it, there's this whole like story. Well, well one. When I first saw it, I was like, I just thought it was the peaches. But then, then you learn that about the lone sharks, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. But he's like, I have like he has a whole story for everyone. 
like everyone has like their own like whole like thing and i was like see that's that's how you make a universe that's how you make a uh like a whole that's how you make a story like we we talked about uh it comes at night is that the director had the writer and director he had a beginning middle and end but he's like i want to show you the middle and he cut out those other parts and he knows he knew where everything starts and ends but this is the story he wanted to show and i feel i think that's something that we don't get a lot of times here in a with American films, like, and when they do something like that, where they have like, yeah, well, I could, I could give you a whole spinoff of just what the housekeeper and like her husband did prior to this, like living with the architect, um, before, like, but that wasn't necessarily what you needed to see in the story. Yeah. And like I said, that just shows like how hands on he is and like how much he puts effort into his movies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, being from someone who the first movie I've ever saw from him was just this monster film. <laughs> like, that's all it was. But, like, when at first, like, I mean, I was like, what, 16 when I first saw it? <laughs> so, obviously, it's different. But now it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it actually has a lot more to it. But the but it's 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 cool to see him go from stuff like that and, you know, stuff like Snowpiercer and Oakjaw and all this stuff. But then also do stuff like Mother and this. And it's like, oh, so like he can really, really get these actors to do stuff. Because with with Mother, it literally is about just this mom who's like, yeah, so you ever seen um, seen Taken? Yeah, what if we did that but with like an old Korean lady? (laughs) (laughs) He just doesn't fight as much. And it it goes to show you that like people, like they – they will award like SAG awarded this for best ensemble. Yeah. And that totally makes sense mm -hmm. because there's a point in time where you're watching this movie and you're like, is there like a main character to this? No. And see like that. See. And again, see like, I, I just hate that films here get repetitive and you, you can, we can see the story. We we've seen the story beats. And even when they have twists, sometimes those twists are easy to see coming ahead because you know what it's going to be. That's what I love that in other culture or other film cultures, they don't have that same structure that we do. They're able to tell a story differently than we do where, yeah, like the story isn't about one person. You, I think you could say it's It's mostly about the the sun, But it's really not. It's about the family. I think that's why sometimes we'll watch foreign films and be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, um, like Swedish, like horror stuff. Like, that's crazy because they don't have to follow the same suit of like jump scare, jump scare, all this and this and this. And we can we can watch these foreign films with different eyes and be like, oh, yeah, that's good. Like for what that is. This is good. And I think that's what we always want to do. Was even with this, like we could look at the most Americanized movie ever and be like, it's good for what it is. Yeah. But it's not this or it's not this. Yeah. And yeah, you're right because as you start to gather up, like, what are the movies that came out this year? You're like, why the fuck didn't any of these get nominated? Exactly. And I will, <laughs> and like I said, we'll talk about that because I think it is exactly that. Once you start to push the boundaries of, what you think a structure of a film is, then it's like, yeah, but 
I mean, then who's the main actor in it? Yeah. Oh, how are we going to have best supporting actor if we don't even know who it is? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood could have been more like this, where it's about Hollywood and the the end of the 60s to going to, right? About how, like, Hollywood was changing. Instead, it still needs that main character with Leonardo. I think he did it better with um, Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards feels more where it's ensemble because yeah. there's no real main character. Like, I, the only thing that carries through is, like, um, Christoph Waltz is the villain, but that's what was so cool about this movie is you have these different characters and you're waiting for these roles to be filled that never get filled, mm-hmm. at least to a certain extent. Because see, in the beginning, I'm waiting for oh the mom she must be horrible in a way, and it's like no she's just yeah like a rich mom that's what I th- because. When they start to, when he's talking about the family, right? Uh-huh. And he was talking about the mom, like he's like, oh, she's, you know, like, oh, not yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like you're thinking that there has to be something wrong with her. But no, she's just a lady who's rich yeah. and lives this life. Like yeah, she's just had kids young and she's yeah. rich. And, and, and there is a bit of a mirroring there because uh, Kim family, their mom is very like lazy, right? Yeah. But the, Park's family, the mom's lazy as well. Yeah. But see, but it's it's different. We see it different. Like, mm-hmm. oh, but she's just taking a nap. Like, oh. or even the dad, the the uh Park's dad, like you're waiting for him to be like this big shot dickhead. Yeah. But the the most of the time we see him, he's playing with his son. Like yeah. he comes back from a long day of work and he's over there playing with his son. Or one day he just brings them all these gifts and they start playing and and even when the son's being crazy and wants to go sleep outside what do they do they lay right there on the couch and watch him and, and then they have sex they fool around well whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know what i mean like you like for uh, at least for us like in america right we're waiting for these tropes to be filled of like yeah but he has to be like bad in a way and it's like he's bad in a class way but yeah. he's very loving. Like, he, like all we see is but, him. Uh, all we see is him reacting I, to his son in a positive way. I think that's what's what's funny is that in an American film, we have to have, oh, well, he's rich equals bad. Yeah. So because he's rich and he's he has this corporation, oh, that means he has to be neglectful to his wife or he's neglectful to his kids. He's rich, so he's the best. Or guy. he's a, yeah, or he's a save. He's the savior. Yeah. But I love how in in other cultures, it's it's more. It's exactly what you said. It's a class thing. It's they're regular people. They just they're in the upper class. Yeah, that's it. So and so the negativity does come through, but it but not in like a oh I'm abusive or oh I I have held power of, over you. You know, it's it's the things like. Them talking down yeah. to their help because it's like, oh, yeah, they, they kind of like poor people, yeah. <laughs> which is the thing that triggers him at the end. Like yeah. when he can't even stomach to get the keys to yes, take his son to the hospital, what, yeah. he's like, oh, I got to plug my nose. And that just triggers like, oh, you fucking dick. Like you are a dick, dude. And yeah. especially because the guy that he can't touch was a guy that was living in his basement who idolized him. Yeah. Like, he was like, oh, he he gives us everything, so he does all this shit, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
but he's rich. He doesn't give a shit. Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know anything's going on. He's like, ah, yeah, this ugly poor person on my keys. Ah, disgusting. And <laughs> and even like with the um, Kim family too, you know, we're waiting for them to be like, oh yeah, like we're rooting for them. But it's like, yeah, but they're also kind of being bad. Like yeah. they're literally poisoning some woman mm. just to get their mom a job they literally planted evidence against the guy false evidence it's like in the car to suggest that he was having sex in the back of the car to get to get him fired so the dad could be uh, hired so like they're they're doing these very sneaky maniacal things but i think you're supposed to say like yeah but they're just trying to get a piece of the pie Right. But then it also comes around because once you think everything is going so smooth, right, we get to like the middle of the film and they stay in their house. But what do they do? They're like trashing the family. Mm -hmm. They make a big old mess. It's like, oh, so like you just don't give a shit about these people. Yeah. You like all you care about is like the money, the wealth, having this, 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 uh, this fantasy you guys are playing out about. Well, yeah. What if you marry her? Oh, this could be your house. So you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's all they care about. And and it's and it's funny too because the original housekeeper and her husband, like, they're also parasites in a way, mm. but like like in a good way, because even though they are technically how you would say, like leeching off the family. They're not doing it in any negative way. She's be she's being the best house housekeeper she can be. Yeah, she's um, still doing her job. Yeah, she well. does her job. There's nothing negative about it. Yeah. The only thing is she's also hiding her husband down in the bunker down below. But we don't need to talk about no, that. No, 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 no. You know what I mean? It's it's like these weird yeah. dynamics that play with each other, and it's like, huh, yeah, crazy. And I mean, other than the fact that you know, there's a bit of racism with. Native Americans and like there's a bit of grooming that keeps happening here with the Korean boys. Other than that, yeah. <laughs> it's a really fucking fantastic movie. God, this movie is just so good. I I honestly really want this to win Best Picture because it's like it it shatters the norms for like Best Picture um, in, in like the best ways possible. Yeah, and like I said, I think it's a good. It's a good middle ground because you are acknowledging that these films can come from anywhere, right? But you're also promoting, hey, you know how like we want the best picture to win? Well, this is the best picture. Like it actually is the best picture with the best directing. So it's it's not like a, a cop out where you're like, well, yeah, it's good, but I mean Martin Scorsese still here. Oh my god! And well, so Quinn Tarantino. Did you see Sam Mendes? Even though it's not really like Mendes, it's just more of like his like great great grandfather was like Spanish or something. He directed nineteen. Did you see nineteen seventeen? It looks like one shot. Okay. Yeah, except for the couple of times where it actually. I know. Cuts there, away. I know. I was <laughs> there was parts in that movie where I'm like, that's a cut. That that's a cut right there. That's that's got to be a cut because the way that they did it. Uh, but y you're right. I think when it comes down to it, the best best film, like well, I've, 
We're gonna get into this next week. I know, but as I of know. right now, like the way of, that of the nine, yeah, uh, of the nine that we actually have to vote for, and we're, we're the nine that we have to Igno- hope for. <laughs> yeah, uh, that this is the best film. Yeah, and the fact that it's a Korean film, I think, kind of rubs people the wrong way because I, I think we were even there before when we were kids, right? Yeah, like foreign films seem so weird to us. But as we got a little bit older, like I said, like when my brother started to get these weird ass movies and it's like, hey, you ever seen the audition? It's like, no, what is it? That's pretty cool. And I'm like, why the fuck did you show me this? Uh, so even like growing up, like for me at least, and I get maybe for you, but those horror films were the first time I can yeah. actually look at a foreign film and be like, oh, so yeah. like. It's good, but yeah. like not America. Oh, so they don't. When they say foreign, it doesn't have to be boring. Wow. So I get that some people are gonna get turned off by it, no matter what. But if you could just, I don't know, stomach it for uh, like two hours. It's weird because even though this is a Korean film, it feels very like it. It hits home to more of like this American idea of like it doesn't matter like like classism. Yeah. And- it's more of like you should be able to move up in the world, but like obviously there's people who want to keep you where you are, and it's like oh you should know your place, especially living in Scottsdale, Arizona. Like there there is literally a point where you can tell like yeah. oh I don't belong here. <laughs> oh, you mean like uh, everywhere? <laughs> no matter what happens next week. How upsetting it's going to be if it goes the way we think it's going to go. Or how happy it's going to be. Whatever. The fact that this is nominated is amazing either way. The fact that these movies can be nominated and be great movies, right? We just have to get over that hump of being like, hey, maybe these international films can actually be the best films you know yeah. we 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 didn't get it with roma last year and that sucks but maybe this could be the year it makes up yeah we compromised with green book this year we should give it to parasite or i think what they could do is just you know let it be nominated whatever right then in a few years we could we could write the american version and then Timothy Chalamet could be the main character. <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? Like, then, then we can, uh, you know. It's a great film. Please watch it. Oh, um, yeah. if, you're, if you're a fan of this movie, check out his older movies. Mm-hmm. Um, guess what? Not all of them are in Korean. Oh. So maybe that'll be your little, you know, your your little wiggle into to that little. Yeah, Spectrum. do a little wiggle. But good movie. No, great movie. Yes. Backed hard. Go watch it. So the Oscars are going to be this next Sunday that's coming up. So we are definitely dating ourselves. But let's ask a question that I think no one ever asks what was the weirdest Oscars? Was it that time in 2000 when Angelina 
Jolie uh, made everyone squirm when she said that that she's in shock and that she's so in love with her brother. I mean, I, that would be fine mm-hmm. if you know they didn't have multiple pictures of them making out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hear what you say, and that's disgusting. Um, also, Robin Williams um, singing "Blame Canada." Which I always remember because I'm like, yes, I, I love the fact that Blame Canada was nominated for yeah. best original uh, song. Or is it the year um, that Marissa Tomei, you know, shocked everyone in 1993? This is the show that was dubbed the Year of the Women, even though only one female director had ever been nominated before for best director. But uh, that's the night that Marissa Tomei beat out like all these other like Vanessa Redgrave um, was uh, nominated and so was Joan Plowright. Don't know who that is, um, but she won for My Cousin Vinny. But this was um, a conspiracy theory about this that Jack Palance when he read it because the way he was reading it that he because he was older at the time that he just read the last alphabetical nominee instead of the actual and the actual because the the conspiracy theory is that Vanessa Redgrave actually won so 1993 best supporting actress race was uh, Mount Rushmore of pedigree whatever blah blah the contenders were Judy Davis Miranda Richardson Vanessa Redgrave Joan Plowright so basically all these like hoity-toity uh, actresses. Um, all of them were being ro- for roles in some of the year's most prestigious films, whatever. Um, Richardson w- had won the BAFTA and blah, blah, blah. And people were like that going into, okay, whatever. On the big night, 74-year-old Palance, who had won an Oscar the year before, dragged out the announcement with some hemming and hawing and self-dramatizing. He opened the envelope and read the name Marissa Tomei. Shrieks of surprise and joy went up in the crowd, and that's when the conspiracy theories were launched. According to 2015, Gawker um, Post stated that the rumor was fanned by no less than the former son-in-law of a distinguished Academy Award winner. According to the rumor, it happened because Oscar presenter Jack Palance hadn't been able to read the name written on the secret envelope when he was on stage announcing 1992's Best Supporting Actress. Instead of asking for help as part of the conspiracy, he just uh, arbitrarily called out Marissa Tomei's name. Yeah, but um, we're in 2020, and who's the only person that we care about now? Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Or was it when um, John Tra had a seizure on stage and he said um, Adele Denzim instead of um, Indina Menzel? Um, and then the the next year he had didn't he get on stage with uh, with her and he's all like touching her face. Or is it just the whole year of 2006 when Crash won? It's it's so weird that in 2006, Crash won for 2005, even though it came out in 2004. Conspiracy theory. That whole whole thing is so stupid because it's like, in retrospect, it's like, oh, Brokeback Mountain is the best picture of that year. It's not crash no one do you even remember crash anyone out there remember crash yeah um ludicrous was in it right yeah see (laughs) (laughs) or is it the year in 1973 when uh sashin uh little feather marlon brando won for um best actor for playing or for being in the godfather but he sent up um a native american um instead to talk about how 
this is what she said. He asked me to tell you that he's very regretfully that he very regretfully cannot accept the generous award. The reasons for this being are the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry. And you know what? He's, he's right. <laughs> he was right. I like how but he was there. No, he he boycotted. Him. Oh, okay. I thought I thought he was there, but that, okay. Or was it nineteen ninety five? When because the theme was comedy, and they had a bunch of people: Tim Curry, Kathy and Jimmy, you know, Mara Wilson, you know, you know, they they did their whole rendition of "Make Them Laugh," but it was interrupted because Jessica Lange and her party showed up late, and they kind of like were blocking part of the stage, so no one really saw. I guess the way that the shot was, like they were blocked because the way that they were coming in, getting their seats, they were blocking the shot. Oh, and so, shit. like, they were interrupting them, like, during the performance. I never knew that. And um, the host was David Letterman. And you think it's going to be, like, hilarious. It's David Letterman, right? So <clears throat> he was um, just three minutes into his monologue when he remarked, I've been dying to do something all day, and I think maybe we can take care of this. And you think, oh, shit, what is it going to be? It's going to be something funny, right? He, He's going to zing us. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> He gestured between Oprah Winfrey and Uma Thurman in the front rows and bellowed, Uma, Oprah? <laughs> and then after an excruciating long pause, I feel much better. Have you kids met Keanu? Get it? Their names are all ridiculous, right? This was 1995. Peak comedy. Yeah, I guess make America great again. <laughs> Or was it, oh, 2017 with an envelope gate? I don't know why we have to make everything gate. Oh, the conspiracy that, um, what you call it, actually that won? That La La, La La Land actually won, but t- they were just trying to be politically correct. And they were like, oh, no, well, Moonlight has to win because we're hashtag Oscars so white. So we have to give it to them because they don't deserve it. But, yeah, so in honor of Bonnie and Clyde's 50th anniversary, course, co-stars Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway were presenting Best Picture. Beatty opened up the envelope. He kind of stood there for a few seconds looking, like, befuddled. And he, like, was like, <laughs> here, Faye, you read it. Because she was even like, oh, stop, like, stalling. And, like, she just she just reads La La Land. And I then, know you bitch, it's different, isn't it? Different, ooh, and it's like, uh oh, it was that they actually got the best actress um, envelope. Somebody confused it with the best picture oh, one, yeah. and because the way that the 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 way the that font, the right, yeah, the font was back then. I think they changed it to make it more legible. Is like they do, they would do like best actress small. La La Land, and then, like, Emma Stone under it, but, like, smaller letters. So it looks weird. So it looks like La La Land is the winner for Best Actress. Yeah. <laughs> As the producers delivered their earnest speeches, a frantic commo- um, a frantic commotion is evident on stage. We lost, by the way. That's what one of the, um, the producers said. As he's like, there's been a mistake, you know, and then he's like, it's, it's La La Land, and he holds up the card, and shows the actual on. one, yeah, it shows... See, it's like, so they actually did win. Like, the card actually said Moonlight. Yeah. That was, honestly, that was something you never expect, right? Like, these little 
mishaps, sure, right? Like little, little things. I get it. But that that was the best picture. That's the thing you wait for. That is the ending of all endings for the awards, you know, show. Yeah, and it was such a letdown to hear La La Land. I was like, fuck, of course. But how excited were you with all the commotion of like, what's going on? What are they talking about? And yeah, he says super it, excited. And then he shows the camera. It's like, La, it's Moonlight. And it's like, yeah, see? like, And that's when it was like victory because it's like you mean the best picture actually won best picture whoa i didn't know that could happen oh <laughs> uh, uh, looks like the the one that they said um is the weirdest one is the year of snow white and rob Lowe. i guess back in 1989 um oh my god they did it for 11 minutes and 31 seconds so in a hostless oscars so this was a hostless Oscar. A squeaky voice actor dressed up like the Disney princess showed, opened the show, and the fact that she wore ruby red slippers like the Wizard of Oz was least of her problems. Squeal in amazement as, um, oh, sorry, wait. So she, she came out singing, I only have eyes for you, into the audience and forces a reluctant Michelle Pfeiffer to hold her hand. Tom Hanks um, is just like there, like looking on in horror. <laughs> on the stage, it opens to reveal a Coconut Grove set of where former talk show host and game show producer Merv Griffith warbles, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts to confuse Hollywood legends such as Vincent Price and Dorothy Lamar ensembled as makeshift tables. What the f- This is so ridiculous. And then Rob Lowe, so this is like a few years after like when he peaked in like St. Almost Fire and all that. Appears on stage as Snow White's blind date. Apparently, Snow can't see or hear. Oh my God! They they did they started to duet uh, Creedence Clearwater's revival's "Proud Mary" in its entirety with all new lyrics like "Big lights keep on burning, cameras keep on turning." God, that just sounds ridiculous. That's why. At the end of the day, we should either have no host or only have Seth MacFarlane as. It's true. It's true. And it's funny, too, because. I still stand by him being the best. I think they made, like, a few years later, they end up actually uh, doing a sound and musical thing. And they, like, make jokes and stuff. And it's like, that's not even that funny. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Seth MacFarlane did it perfect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, who knows what can happen at this? Oh, Oscars. maybe they can just get Ricky Gervais to do it. Oh my god! And then he'll 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 tear down those elites because oh, yeah. they should know their place, not to make political speeches. Um. Yeah. See, like the Oscars has always been weird. Yeah. And I mean, you know, hopefully in the future, weird becomes like a normal, so it's actually fun. Yeah. And not cringy. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. You know? I think that's what Seth MacFarlane was. Yeah. He's weird fun, mm-hmm. right? But people... I don't know we, why. We, we talk about how they don't get it today. Of course not going to get it back then. Yeah, exactly. So what do you think could happen this year at the Oscars that could be like, head, like uh, headline worthy? One thing I think would be um, great would be like for like some like when Natalie Portman like when she presented the best directors 
and she called out how they're all men. Like, so I think it's going to be something like that where they're going to call out the people for doing, because they, this year going into the awards was, and the, the short amount of time that we've had, I think was the worst thing in the world because I think with the age of the internet and everything and like everyone knowing everything and having no host, I think everyone's just going to kind of be like, look how white everything is. Look how male everything is. Yeah. And then you're going to have people who are like Marcia Sazy fans who are like, but that see, like if only women would make better films and it's like, Oh, you fucking, <laughs> they do make good films. They just don't get recognized. It's cool to hear these stories because it's like, ha, fun, ha, 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 silly, whatever. But then this time next week, we're going to be like, ah, (laughs) fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because reality is going to set back in and it's going to be like, oh, of course, this happened and this happened. And it's like, ah. But we'll get into it like this. This is more of like a breather to be like, hey, guys, look at it. We know the Oscar's going to be fun and silly sometimes, but it's also a big drag because of, like, the racism and sex. We're trying to be upbeat going into next week. (sighs) But the cool thing is, is that after next week, we can put this away. Final. Thank God. We could get our, our last, probably not our last, but... A last hurrah to the films that didn't make it, the films that were forgotten, mm-hmm. the performances that were neglected exactly. because they weren't white enough yeah. or because they weren't male enough. But yeah, we'll just say thank you for listening. Thank you. If you guys would like to subscribe to our podcast, go to any streaming service you have mm-hmm. and check it out. Um, we're on Spotify now. Got everything on there. We're basically on everything that you could be. And I think we're still trying to figure out if there's stuff we're not on to try to get it on there. So oh, yeah, yeah. We're still doing. We're still working at it. So don't worry. We're getting there. But you can also follow our social media accounts. That's Twitter and Instagram at INTB underscore podcast. You could give us a like, a, uh, a follow. Uh, you could tweet. You could add us, DM us, whatever it is. We always like to interact. And yeah, if you're a little bit more old school, you can email us directly at intbpodcast at gmail.com. And just let us know, is uh, is there a funny Oscar thing that happened? Or weird thing that you think like we didn't bring up? Uh, or um, did you see Parasite? Um, do you speak Korean? Do you like Parasite? Or do you hate it because you're like, oh, it's too international. This is not foreign because it's not foreign anymore. It's too international for me. God, why can't they speak English? Or yeah, uh, if there's any or any topic that we talked about today. Yeah. Got anything to say about it, right? Anything at all. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Did you like the halftime show? Are you Donald Trump? Just let us know. <laughs> oh, man. What if we got something from Donald Trump? But gather all your love slash hatred for the Oscars because next week's going to be a handful. We're going to go over the Oscars, talk about the winners, the losers, anything that happened, as well as appreciate the films that didn't get nominated 
that we felt should have, that were missed opportunities, and more. But until then, guys, as always, remember. It's not that bad. It's not that bad.